I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, uh, rolling along here. Greeny with you, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Buster only will join me in just a second on the Goodyear hotline, but we have huge breaking news. Uh, you may have seen this already, and Christine just mentioned it. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers has tested positive for COVID and will not play this weekend against Kansas City. That was maybe the most watchable game. What time is that game? Is that like the 4.30 afternoon mm-hmm. window? Boy, that's a good that's a terrible loss for the league, for him, for everybody. Obviously, it's a terrible thing in every conceivable way. Uh, but that was probably the most watchable game of the weekend, right? Rodgers versus Mahomes. Mm. It's, it's a game you're dying to see. Uh, and now Rodgers will not play. This This after a week ago Thursday, he pulls off an unbelievable win without any of his best teammates. Now they will try and win it without him. And I guess Jordan Love gets the start, right? He gets his first opportunity. And it's still an interesting game in a variety of ways. My question is, how much does it move a line? How much can it? Like, like, what's the maximum? I don't know that any player could be worth more to his team than Aaron Rodgers is to that one right now. So does that move a line seven points? Even that almost doesn't necessarily feel like enough. So right now, the game is, before it was pulled off, it was a pick em. So your guess is going to be more or less than one touchdown. What do you yeah, say? Like seven and a half. That much? Yeah. Okay. You know? I don't know. I have a note into Caesars right now, and as soon as they answer me, I will let you know. All right, more information on that as we get it, but I have a limited time with Buster here, so let me bring him in as fast as I can. This is Buster Olney on the Goodyear Hotline with you for every mile on the road to greatness. Goodyear more driven. He is a traveling man and didn't get home just now from his coverage of the World Series, which as always was outstanding. The Braves take it in six. Buster, thank you. Let's dive right in here to a bunch of things. What are the most important things the fans need to know about the Braves winning this World Series when you consider the way the games were played and everything else and what they mean in the big picture uh, about the way you win baseball in, in 2021? That the Braves, unlike a lot of teams in baseball, uh, they tried to win all the way through. Alex Anthopoulos, their general manager, effectively ran out the ground ball when it looked terrible for them in July. And you know what? They wound up winning the championship. It, the trade deadline, they were three games under 500, and yet he went and made all those deals. And in a team meeting shortly thereafter, as the Braves began to gather momentum, Ron Washington, their third base coach, told all the players, you know what, from here on from here on forward, all the other teams, all they're going to see of us are asses and elbows. So the Braves of 2021 are a testament to a front office actually trying to win from beginning to end. It doesn't always happen. It did happen in the Braves' case. Buster, speaking of baseball in 2021, Braves starters got 62 outs in this series. Braves relievers got 97 We've talked some on this show about the sort of devaluing of the starting pitcher, but this team just won the World Series doing that. What does that tell us about the way the baseball is being played today? Well, that it can happen. Uh, look, it's not the way that they drew it up. We thought uh, <laughs> going in the last two rounds of the postseason that the, one of the Braves' big advantages was their starting pitching, but then Charlie Morton suffered a broken leg in Game 1, and so Brian Sitker, the Braves' manager, had to adapt 
And I will say that, that I do think that moving forward, you're going to see Major League Baseball implement rules that will uh, move the sport in the direction of trying to restore the preeminence of starting pitcher. Because mm. whenever you talk to people privately about the product, and they, they'll explain the strategy, they'll tell you the numbers behind it, and then you say, okay, as a fan, what do you think? And almost all of them say, I hate it. Look, we've done that here. We've done that on this show, and I hate it, and I understand it, and so I think where you're going is exactly the right place to go, and I say this about sports all the time. You can never ask general managers, coaches, managers, players not to do everything they can to win. So if this is the best way you can win, what you have to do is change the rules. There's no other way, uh, Buster, that we're going to put that genie back in the bottle. They have to just remove the bottle um, because there's no other way that they're going to go backwards to something that would not work as well. That's exactly right, which is why I would not be surprised if next year you see a limit on the number of pitchers per staff, uh, more draconian rules about promoting and demoting relief pitchers from the minor leagues. Uh, and I think that they are potentially going to tie the designated hitter to this, the removal of the starting pitcher, which is being referred to in the sport as the double hook. Uh, I think that uh, there's a good chance that all that's going to be in place next year. And over the next two years, they will gradually move toward getting starting pitchers back to being five and six and seven inning animals instead of three and four inning animals. Well, you may call it the double hook. We call it the greenie rule because we said that we said months ago on this show that's exactly what they should do, and it is exactly what they should do. And there are any number of different ways they could go about implementing this. And but I wait like a it. second, how many yeah. greenie rules are there? Well, it that's feels 2. like there are about fifty greenie rules. No, that's two point oh. That would be two. I had the, I had the one about the the World Series being a dependent home field being dependent on the All Star Game. You're welcome. That was my idea, and they took it. Um, I know how much everyone loved Kicked that. Out. And then this one, uh, Greeny and Buster Olney. Uh, next uh, order of business here. The Astros, uh, if indeed, as Hembo suggested this morning, and I'll, I'll, I guess I'll ask you as well, if indeed this is sort of their last hurrah with this group together, because they are expected to lose a bunch of these guys, in particular Carlos Correa, uh, this was their chance to get some sort of vindication by winning this World Series, quote unquote, clean. So what does it mean now? If this is the end of this era of Astros baseball, how should it be remembered? Greeny, I don't think it's going to be the end of the era. In fact, if you look at the landscape of that division, uh, I think the Astros could continue uh, next year and win mm. the division title again. Yes, Carlos Correa is going to be leaving. Justin Verlander's uh, a free agent. Zach Granke is a free agent. But they have a lot of uh, good young players in their core, in addition to Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, uh, and, and Jordan Alvarez. I think they will continue to win with Oakland stripping its payroll, the Angels struggling to develop pitching, and the Mariners and the Rangers still in development stage. Where does Correa wind up? Uh, yeah, My guess is is that he winds up with either the Yankees or the Tigers or the Mariners or the Rangers. There are surprise teams that are going to be in the market for the elite shortstops uh, which is why you know Correa, who turned down $120 million from the Astros in spring training, will wind up with p- perhaps uh, twice that number when he signs a contract. Assuming that we actually get a CBA in a decent amount of time, I think he's going to do really well in terms of the dollars he gets. Well, let me then follow up on that because it, it is – I don't even want to talk about this on the, on the morning after the World Series, but it is expected to be a winter of discontent, Yes. Everything I hear at this moment is everyone is bracing for a, a lockout, uh, owners of players, and a prolonged labor issue. No doubt about it. 
Buster, one more thing here, because if you listen to talk shows in New York, after watching what Freddie Freeman did in the postseason this year, Yankees fans and Mets fans are talking about him. Freddie Freeman's a free agent, and obviously he has meant more to that organization than perhaps any player in baseball means to his. But he's, just, he's won his World Series. He's won an MVP there. What chance would you give Freddie Freeman to leave Atlanta and sign a big free agent elsewhere? 0.5%. The reason why that they didn't finish a deal in the spring was because the Atlanta ownership, like a lot of ownerships in baseball, wanted more context in the year after COVID. Well, guess what? The Braves finished second in attendance. They had a spectacular year. People filled their ballpark. And last night, as I was getting ready to interview Freddie Freeman on the field, who came over and gave him a huge hug? That would be Terry McGurk, the CEO of the Braves. Mm. Uh, I think there's no chance they let a legacy player get away. All right, fair enough. I know you need to run. Buster, thanks a million for jumping in here. Safe travels. Great work, as always, and we'll check in soon. Okay, guys, great to talk with you. It's Robert Stanberry Olney third. All right, I am told that Hembo has another trivia question. Well, we'll get back. We'll talk more about the Aaron Rodgers thing, which obviously is an enormous story that just broke in the last little bit. If you're just joining me, Aaron Rodgers has tested positive for COVID. He will not play this Sunday as the Packers play the Chiefs in what was otherwise maybe one of the best matchups we would get all season mm-hmm. long. And unfortunately, we're not going to get that. In the meantime, with the World Series last night, Hembo has some World Series trivia for us. This one's a little simpler. So last night, the Braves clinched the World Series, and they did so on the road. They did so in Houston. So my question for you is, what was the last team to clinch the World Series in their home ballpark? That's an interesting one. No one was in their home ballpark last year, so mm-hmm. I know it wasn't that. Okay, uh, we'll take our shot at that, and we'll see how we do. And we got uh, Paul Feinbaum still coming up in this hour and a whole lot more. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply it's demon time on prize picks where you can now win up to 100 times your money that's right 100 times your money With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com slash greenberg and use code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 dollars. that's prizepicks.com slash greenberg code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 dollars. prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy wow there's a lot of stuff going on <clears throat> greeny with you presented by progressive insurance guests on the Goodyear hotline. So a bunch of stuff coming from the football. So let me try and take them in in order, in the order in which they happened. 
First this morning, Michael Thomas announced on his own social media that he is out for the season. So Michael Thomas, who two years ago, the wide receiver in New Orleans, had, I think, the most productive season in NFL history, didn't it? He did, yes. And, mm-hmm. and then got hurt and has basically hardly played since then and now will not have played at all this year. So he's out for the year. So that happened this morning. Then I got word uh, through our desk that Baker Mayfield has pushed back his regular media availability. So he was supposed to meet with the media at 11 o'clock this morning, Eastern time, which I was looking forward to because I thought we'd have some of that that we could play in the second half of this hour. And now I'm seeing that it's been pushed back to four o'clock. Now that doesn't necessarily mean it's because of the Odell stuff, but it just is what it is. And then just when I was saying, oh, well, there goes that. We got to figure out what else we're going to talk about. (laughs) We get the news that Aaron Rodgers has tested positive for COVID and will not play against uh, the, the Chiefs on Sunday in what was otherwise, I think, the most watchable game, not only of this weekend, but the most watchable game you could ever possibly imagine. There are not two, uh, maybe put Kyler Murray in there, two more exciting quarterbacks to watch, for better or for worse, than right now than Mahomes and Rodgers. Now, what seems to be bandied about, and Nuno, I've been sort of going through as much of this as I can, is, the, is it as a belief or is it confirmation that Rodgers is not vaccinated there there are people are they speculating that he's not vaccinated or is someone actually confirmed that he is not vaccinated ESPN has not confirmed this okay but other NFL media members are are now speculating and or some have saying I have confirmed and based upon the words he used back in August when he's saying he was immune immunized I can't even say it. immunized immunized yes yeah uh, when he was talking about the vaccine and but never specifically said he was vaccinated correct hmm. okay so so there's that so in case you were wondering because today's only Wednesday and you think to yourself well do you have two po- two negative tests and right. you could still be out there on the floor on the floor listen to me I'm doing a lot of NBA right now uh, still be out there on the field if he's not vaccinated then that option doesn't exist so it would make sense in that regard that he would already be ruled out that was my first thought too because if you can declare him out from now what you said is right you because obviously he would have had the chance theoretically to do the, you know to get the positive tests and play, but if they know from now, it does indicate that there's I guess there's a good chance that he is not vaccinated. They took the line off the board and it has still not been replaced. That's right. So Caesars and every other sports book it seems have pulled the line off the board. When they pulled it, it was a pick'em, and as soon as they repost the line, I'll give it to you. And I'm guessing it's going to be something like Kansas City as a touchdown favorite. Yeah, my my guess was seven and a half. I, I think he's worth just. I think he's worth half a point more than a touchdown. Yeah, and I don't know how many other players. Obviously, they would all be quarterbacks that we would say that about. I would guess if Brady wasn't playing, mm-hmm. it would it would be that. Um, I, you know, you, you sort of know the the, the usual suspects. Yeah, Lamar, I mean, the other Russell obvious Wilson, ones. Guys, Lamar yeah. would be a big one. Yeah. Um, you know, um, Mike White uh, <laughs> would, would go in that discussion as well. He is Mike, a savage. Mike White, the reigning. Yeah, do we have that sound, by the way? Who was it that was saying that? Ty, One of the, Ty Johnson is the running back, right? Yeah, was, was saying all kinds of things about him. I, I saw, I didn't even think that we should play. I didn't ask Nuno to get it, so it's not his fault that we don't have it. But anyway, uh, let's not even divert ourselves into Mike White jokes um, <laughs> while we're on this very serious topic. So Aaron Rodgers, this is a significant event in a variety of ways. You know, there have been a lot of players who have missed games because of COVID, I can't think of one from the NFL that has been this important, Mm-mm. right? Have we had one of the huge quarterbacks? Well, Lamar did. 
Lamar, Lamar got COVID last year. Cam, Cam got did. COVID last year. Against Kansas City also, right? Uh, no, no, no. He, yes, because Brian Hoyer started that game out in Kansas City. I'm trying to remember it. You yeah. know, all these things sort of blur together in your memory. Mm-hmm. But Lamar got it last year. Cam got it last year. Now Rodgers has it the, the, here. The Broncos quarterbacks last year. That happened That's right. They, well, weren't, I think they were all um, together, right? I, I don't think that they all tested positive, though. I, I think that they were just like all in the room. A protocol. That was a protocol, was yeah, a protocol they tra- issue. They, they squir- skirt, uh, skirted uh, the protocols and they lied about, it, uh, That's right. uh, lied about everything. Okay, so uh, anyway, I don't need, I'm, I'm just sitting here trying to think this thing through because it's just happening. Mm-hmm. It's obviously a very, very big deal. Aaron Rodgers... Like an hour ago, I picked him as the MVP of the league at this point. Mm-hmm. I believe that he is. And while you could not go wrong by choosing Brady or Lamar or a lot of these other guys, I personally believe Rodgers is doing more with less. Like I think his is the worst team of the people who are in this discussion. Right now, Stafford, Brady, um, Allen, mm-hmm. Kyler, Lamar are, are the other names mm-hmm. that are sort of in the discussion. Well, Lamar would be the other one. Right. Lamar, unfortunately, the last memory we have of him is that bad loss that they had. But yes, Lamar, Lamar, to me, the two guys doing the most with the least are Lamar, which at least it's to say he's being asked to do everything mm-hmm. on that team. And then Rodgers, who I just I think this is a very average football team. Now, how interesting does this Jordan Love factor become in all of this? This, this becomes a pretty interesting little storyline in this game. Which is to say, what happens if Jordan Love plays great? (laughs) Again, don't get me wrong. I I haven't lost my mind. Uh, Aaron Rodgers obviously remains the starting quarterback in Green Bay this year. Uh, Jordan Love could have a Mike White game times 10. (laughs) And and, and I guarantee you that LaFleur, again, we got brothers involved here, right? We got got Mike LaFleur and and, and Matt LaFleur. I mean, uh, and... um, And... and, and, uh, Mike and Matt, right? Uh, Matt Lafleur. Sorry, yes. I don't. For some reason, I was saying I wanted to say Ron Lafleur, which I think was a hockey player. Uh, that was Guy Lafleur, wasn't it? Oh, Guy Lafleur. <laughs> I don't know what the hell. I'm, why are we getting sidetracked into all of this? The point of it is that after the Mike White game, the Jets have been somewhat non-committal mm-hmm. on Zach Wilson getting a starting job back. <laughs> what would Jordan Love have to do? <laughs> <laughs> like what literally what would Jordan Love have to do for Matt LaFleur after this game to say, well, anything can happen. You don't anything think he's going to say po- anything is possible. Anything is possible. Like, you know, Jordan Love just threw for 420 yards and three touchdowns and no picks. And they he outdueled Patrick Mahomes and he found a way to beat Kansas City on the road. So Matt LaFleur, what happens when Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is cleared from COVID protocols? Well, anything is possible. <laughs> That feels like an unlikely response. And, and just real quick, so Schefter just tweeted this. The earliest that uh, that Aaron Rodgers can come back based upon the NFL and NFLPA protocols is Saturday, November 13th. Mm. So that seems like it would be that the 10-plus days for unvaccinated players. Correct. That's, yeah, that's a right. long time. Mm-hmm. Saturday, so then November the other 13th interesting thing feels is, a long way off. Go ahead, Bob. Wasn't he just at... At parties, right? Aren't they not allowed to, or not they, aren't they not supposed to be at parties? Isn't that part of it? If what, not, what parties? What am I so they had the that, Halloween yeah, party. The Halloween he was at all those Halloween parties. Mm. Where he was dressed up as John Wick. So, yeah, so. That was uh, his whole reason he grew his hair out for that Halloween party. That's right. That's so right. he could be the John Wick. I, isn't that part of the whole NFL's deal? Is like if you're vaccinated, you can do whatever you want. If you're not, they have all these restrictions and you can't do certain things. And I thought, like, you know, go, basically going out was one of them. You, you're, I'm sure you're right. And, and, and so that then sets up a whole other question about 
whether he has been violating protocols and whether the league would go any further than this. I'm just looking up their games. All right, so they have Kansas City this week. Sunday the 14th, so the day after you're saying he'd be eligible to come back, they have the Packers. Uh, excuse me, they have the Seahawks mm-hmm. in Green Bay. I'm looking for the – have they had their bye? No, their bye's been 7 and 7-1. I'm looking for their bye. That's week 13. Oh, it's all the way at the yeah, end. Yeah, the late bye this year. So yeah, they've four got games the bye. The bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, this could – well, let's see what happens here. This is a – this is a really complicated. Oh, there's the schedule on the screen. A good job by our TV crew. Yeah, that, that's this is a crazy situation. I, I don't know why this isn't something that I had contemplated happening, but it's just not something I'd contemplated happening. I was positive that Aaron Rodgers was vaccinated. Me too. Um, and look, people will have their opinions on this. Uh, I've already seen people saying, "Oh, let him play." These rules. I do not agree with that. I, I, I think we all. I, I don't talk about this much on this show because I assume this is you come here to get away from all that stuff. But I, I think in a moment like this, it is. I 100% support the rules. I 100% support them being strict about this. And if this is the decision he has made, like many others who have, then there are going to be consequences of it. And so I have. I for one have no issue with it. Um, and so if he doesn't play this weekend, he's not. If not playing this weekend. And if it winds up costing them a game or whatever, that's a decision he made. And, and there you have it. So, all right, we will get uh, more on this if there is more on it to be found as we continue here. And I got Feinbaum coming up here. We've got a lot of things working today. Greeny, the podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm going to bring Paul Feinbaum in in just a minute um, because there's a, a bunch of questions I have for him, and I think we could be on the verge of seeing major, major, major changes in a sport that you're not expecting. I'll talk to Paul about that in a minute. But first, I am told that we have Rob Domofsky ready to go for just a quick minute here. And if you don't know Rob, he covers the Packers for us at ESPN and has for a number of years and just does excellent work. And so, Rob, I really appreciate you jumping in here quickly. And I'm reading through your tweets. People are seizing on the fact that when he was asked, when Aaron was asked in the summer if he was vaccinated or not, he used the word immunized but never specifically said vaccinated. Do I have that right? Yeah, you're right, Greeny. And it was a failing, I think, on our part as a group that covers this team of not following up what he meant by that. Uh, but, but here's what he did. He said, yeah, I've been immunized. And then he went into this long explanation about how it's a personal choice and he wouldn't hold it against anyone who has been vaccinated. And he knows people that are positive, that were vaccinated. And, and the, the way he talked, you know, he talked for so long about it, and then the press conference was essentially over, and we never went back and asked him what he meant by immunized. And that's something that's going to have to be further clarified 
but it, it sure seems like, based on how long he would have to be out, that he is falling into the unvaccinated category. But um, the, the word choice immunized uh, should have been further explained at that time. Right, fair enough. In the meantime, Rob, um, what, if anything, do we know about what protocols he's been following uh, to this point? Because uh, I, I think there's been an assumption on most of our part that he was based on those comments right. and others. Uh, do we know if he they, they have different protocols for vaccinated and unvaccinated Correct. players in the building? Do we know what he's been doing? Right. Well, Carson Wentz is unvaccinated, right? That's right. been that's been noted. And every time I've seen him on the sideline, he's wearing a mask, right? When he comes off the field, mm. he puts a mask on. When he goes to shake hands after the game, he has a mask on. Rodgers hasn't done any of that um, in, in the public. I don't know what he's doing behind closed doors. Um, the unvaccinated players would, will have to wear masks in the facility when they're in meetings, and things like that. Um, I, we don't know what he's doing there, but when he's in the public, you know, and, and in places just like Carson Wentz is wearing a mask, Rogers is not wearing. It. Bubba was making the point earlier, Rob, that he was at a, a Halloween party over the weekend. Where, where was it that he was in that yeah. John Wick costume? Yeah, it was at a team Halloween party. I believe Mercedes Lewis, their tight end, hosts it every year. And and here's what was interesting yesterday, Greeny, was that Kurt Benkert is their practice squad quarterback. Kurt Benkert, probably a guy no one's ever heard of. He tweeted yesterday, I have have COVID. Mm. Well, a day later, Aaron Rodgers tests positive for COVID. And and obviously the backup quarterback, or in this case the practice squad quarterback, would be in the same meeting room as Aaron Rodgers. And so you wondered as soon, at least I did, as soon as I saw that yesterday with with Ben Kurt testing positive, mm. that you wondered if this was a possibility. And sure enough, you know, Aaron must have come in for his his test today. I, I just got my weekly test here at Lambeau. Rogers must have got tested this morning, and and obviously it returned positive. At, at the risk of asking an obvious question, wouldn't Jordan Love be in the same rooms with those guys a lot of the time? No. Clearly, yes, no question. And obviously we don't, you know, there's so many mysteries about COVID that, you know, obviously at this point, Jordan Love has not tested positive. There, there's no more quarterbacks left on the roster. They only have two on the regular roster on the 53, Rodgers and Love, and they had one on the practice squad, Ben Kurt. So, uh, I mean, obviously they're going to have to find someone uh, who can come in and at least hold the clipboard and possibly go in in an emergency situation if something else were to happen. Wow. All right, Rob, uh, keep your ear to the ground. Obviously, you'll be working this story like crazy all day, and, and we'll stay close to you. Thanks a million. Rob Domofsky is one of my absolute favorites. Um, and Hembo just put up on my screen, or someone did anyway, the line has come in at Chiefs minus eight, so I short-changed it by a half a point. I, <laughs> again, this was a, a pick'em game mm-hmm. in the ab- in, with Rodgers. An hour ago. In the absence of Rodgers, I predicted it would be seven and a half. It's come in at eight. And I tell you what, if Jordan Love should test positive, now we're going to have like that Denver game. Yeah. All right, the Denver mm-hmm. game of two years ago, or last year, last year, where they had no quarterbacks. All right, this is really interesting stuff. Uh, I invite you to tune into the ESPN Daily podcast, bringing you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters, presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily, available wherever you enjoy your podcast. All right, Paul Feinbaum is a great friend of mine, and he's he's one of the most influential and and I think interesting voices in all of sports. And I, I want to ask, Paul joins me here, and I want to ask you a couple of questions about what happened last night. But I do want to get your perspective on this. I assume you're hearing what's going on here with Rodgers and everything else. And this is a monster story throughout the entire sports world right now. Paul, what is your perspective on all of it? Well, I, I thought the, the, there was an interesting point made a second ago by, by, by the reporter because 
you know, we take people for face value. And I know that's uh, that sounds convenient and collegial, but in this world, we've been misled by too many people. And I, I really, I, the, the former reporter in me really wants to know exactly uh, what's been going on with Aaron Rodgers and how he got away with this to this point in time, assuming that the reports are true, that he's not vaccinated. Uh, you know, you can have whatever view you want on that, but uh, telling the truth uh, trumps anything else in this in this particular venue. It does. And, and actually, it is making me think, mm-hmm. like, if <laughs> this is going to be a fascinating scenario, if for whatever reason, and now I'm only speculating, and this it, this gets into a dangerous area, so I want to make it clear. I don't know. I have no further information than anyone else does. I'm sitting here on the air. I'm just reading tweets. But Rob Domofsky just said that, at least visibly, Aaron Rodgers has not been following the traditional protocols that vaccinated or that unvaccinated players do, that he has been following the protocols that vaccinated players mm-hmm. do. If, indeed, it is accurate that he is not vaccinated and there has been some misleading uh, in that, then he's going to be out a lot more in one game, right? I mean, that that the league will have well, to do, right, Paul? I mean, something else is going to happen. It should be. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is, uh, I mean, for, forget who he is. I mean, that he's one of the most prominent quarterbacks in NFL history. That That's irrelevant. Uh, I mean, this is this is an outrageous use, uh, misuse of power here, and, and, it, and it goes to the top. Uh, I mean, I, it's hard for me to imagine, uh, based on what Ron said, <laughs> that the that the, the head coach and, and, and the GM and the people that run this franchise uh, don't know what's going on, and which which takes us back uh, a couple of months to the con, you know all the, all the contention and, and 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 the problems with this franchise, and and you know as a result of that, did, did somebody say, listen, I know he's not vaccinated, but we have enough problems. We want to get him back in camp, so we're not going to Aaron Rodgers and telling him he has to do the same. He has to follow the same protocol that everybody else in the NFL has to follow. But this is a story that is just at its beginning, if indeed anything like that is the case. And it does. Here's the one part of it I'm confused by, Paul, is that is and and living in New York, this is particularly prominent here. But I can prove that I'm vaccinated and and I have to in order to accomplish almost anything living in New York. I know those protocols don't exist everywhere in the country, but um, I I, I would not assume that in the National Football League, they're taking your word for it. Like you don't just walk in and say, I've been right. There are ways of proving this stuff. No. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, you just don't say I'm good. Uh, I mean, right. I, I happen to know someone uh, that 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 presented to their employee uh, a fake vaccination card. Unfortunately, that person, or fortunately, I don't. Uh, that person's gone. Mm. You can't do that. Right. Uh, and, and it's it's. I, I dealt with this issue last week in college football. The head coach at Auburn right. uh, wouldn't wouldn't comment on whether he was vaccinated or not, even though there's a now there's a, there's now a state law like there wasn't. Washington, where the Washington State coach lost his job, that you know that's dealing with something totally different. Uh, that's a personal choice how you want to deal with that. This is not. Uh, everyone knows the protocol in the National Football League, and I'm sure Roger Goodell uh, down the street from where you are right now is like pouring his hair out, going, "This is all I need right uh, to, to deal with." One uh, one of the biggest players uh, on my stage, uh, and 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 we now have to investigate, and they better be investigating. Yeah, uh, if indeed that, and, and again, I, I don't like, we're not jumping to any conclusions here. I, I'm sitting here just asking whatever questions I can. But if it does get to that, then we have ourselves a whole other set of issues. Okay, Paul, let me take a couple of minutes here to ask you what I really wanted to talk to you about. So last night, I, I believe we are on the doorstep of major sweeping change in college sports as we know them. And, and we have already seen a lot of that with name, image, and likeness and all of that. 
But with Cincinnati being basically told yesterday, there's no room at the end for you here, guys. Like, like I, I know it's cute that you beat Notre Dame, and it's cute that you're obviously a good team. But there's just no way we're letting you into our four-team party at the end of the year. That was, to me, the unmistakable message that was sent by College Football's committee yesterday. And I ask you, Paul, A, do you agree with me that that was the message? And B, if so, do you um, have a problem with it or do you believe that is the right way to go about it? I have no problem with it because you you have to be, be judged on, on your resume, and the resume is not very good. Uh, outside of Notre Dame, they don't have anything else to to, to show while, while other leagues are playing competitive uh, conference schedules like the Big Ten, like the, the SEC. And, you know, what, what's interesting is that happened last night. And what's happening late today, uh, right down the street from where the committee met, is all the major powers in intercollegiate athletics are meeting to discuss this playoff expansion, which, Greeny, we discussed Five months ago on your show, because mm-hmm. it was a done deal. Mm-hmm. They had agreed to do it, and possibly as early as the season after next. Uh, but then uh, the SEC expanded, uh, hurt feelings uh, reigned, and, and everybody said, you know, no, we don't want to do this right now. We want to put it off. Well, uh, the only solution is to expand the playoff and to do it, it, it within a, a re- relatively short period of time as opposed to waiting uh, five years from now. But otherwise, uh, schools like Cincinnati, and they play great football, they, they nearly beat Georgia last year uh, in, 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 in a bowl game, uh, are going to just be knocking their heads against the wall and playing, play, playing for uh, bowl games as opposed to the CFP. That's correct. And my response to you saying their schedule isn't good enough is there's nothing they can do about that, right? So what we're, we're both essentially saying is the same thing, which is the committee has said, if you don't play in one of the big conferences, you're not welcome here because they can't do any more than they've done. They play in the conference they play in and they beat Notre Dame on the road. So there's nothing more they can possibly do. And, and that was really where I came to my conclusion that the committee's message is, Outside of the five conferences that we deal with, no one else is – we're not even really giving any consideration to anyone else. No, and in the parlance of college football, you really can't do much more than go to South Bend and win. Right. I mean, that, right. that is a, as, as, as blue plate uh, a win as you can get, uh, and, and it's still not good enough. And, 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 that's, and that's really too bad, but that, that's why this, you know, if we, if we want to eliminate conversations like this, we have to expand the playoff. Whether it's justified, I don't even care anymore. I, I, we, we've had that conversation already, Greedy. Uh, I think this may help a little bit, but give this committee credit, though. They, they didn't play, They didn't just you know throw something up in, uh, in the air and see which way the wind is blowing. Uh, and a lot of people today are screaming and hollering. It's unfair. Well, it, it is unfair, but it, it's, it's the reality of the situation. When you have a 13-person committee that picks your playoff, uh, I mean, think about it, if the NFL, if that's how we pick the NFL playoff. Right. I mean, we would be depending on 13 people in a, in a hotel room eating caviar and sipping wine going, OK, I, I don't I, I don't I don't really like the Packers now that Rodgers is out. I think we'll just leave them home, even <laughs> yeah. They have a nine. And- yeah. It's, it's like, you know, figure skating and not to denigrate that sport, but it's a sport where judges decide how good you were. These are, this is not that kind of sport. It's not meant to be that way. I'm going to leave it there for the moment, Paul. I have a whole other thing I want to talk to you about, but with this Rogers news, I feel like I should get back to that. Thank you. We'll talk again soon, probably tomorrow morning on television. Who are we kidding? Thank you, Paul Feinbaum. Thanks, Greeny. Always, right. always a pleasure. He's terrific. Uh, Paul Feinbaum, uh, for those of you in the country who don't know him, he hosts the biggest radio show in the southeast part of our country by far, and his show is simulcast on TV with us, and he's just 
He's also just super smart and, and very good. Anyway, the enormous story here seems to be, and I want, I want to make sure just I'm looking right at you, Hembo, because you're able to look at the computer while I'm doing all these other things. And, and Nuno and Bubba, you jump in if I'm getting any of this even remotely wrong. The news, as I'm understanding it, is that Aaron Rodgers has tested positive for the coronavirus, for COVID, that there had been a universal belief based on somewhat misleading comments he made when he first reported back in August that he had been vaccinated. It now appears to be a, a known fact that he was not, or at least based upon the way they are treating his positive test, it lines up with the protocol that would uh, take place if he were not vaccinated. And the major question is, has he been following the unvaccinated player protocol throughout the time that he's been back there? There was at least a belief that he has not been. And if that is the case, who allowed that? Or was he somehow dishonest in this? And if so, what will the the results of that be? Like, what will the um, consequence of that be? Am I setting this up right? Yes, I don't think you've missed any part of this here. When Aaron Rodgers was asked in August, he said, yes, I've been immunized, immunized. not vaccinated. Right. And based upon Shefty's tweet with when he is next available, which is uh, bef- the day before his, the next game, on the, the, uh, a, week, a, a week from Saturday, it lines up with the protocol of an unvaccinated player. So we have to speculate, but it's pretty safe to say that we've concluded the right thing. Nuno, is there any part of this that, because again, while, while I'm sitting here talking to everybody, you're, you're with the Twitter and everything else, is there any part of this that I feel we feel the audience needs to know that we haven't gotten across here? No, I think at this point in time, we have as much information of that there is out there with this. So it will be interesting to see if he has been violating uh, protocol. Why hasn't the league stepped in and why hasn't he been fined and so forth? Well, obviously no one knew, right? I mean, there's, there's no way in the world that he was violating the protocol and anyone else knew about it. I wouldn't think. No, but that, that to go back to your point that you talked about with Paul Feinbaum, you can't hoodwink an entire organization. Like if I want to go out to eat in the city or see a show, I have to present my vaccination. Me too. The Green Bay Packers don't not know that Aaron Rodgers is unvaccinated. To right. me, that is, there is, an, there is a non-zero chance, but it's pretty close to zero. I would think. Right? Uh, go ahead, Nuno, go. So also on a different story, Odell Beckham, uh, there's a report out there that he has been uh, told he's been excused from practice today per, uh, per league sources. Um, he, uh, it seems like he was ready to practice, but uh, as usual, but he was uh, excused from practice. So everything's going so well. So that's a team and, uh, decision. Yep. Wow. So that again goes back to where we started, which was like five stories ago in the NFL with Odell's dad and the video that he posted yesterday and Odell's desire to get out of there. And so now the reporting is that he wanted to practice today and the team's not letting him. A- am I getting that right? And he, wanted, he was ready to practice and the team excused him from practice. Excused today. him. Let me, let me read you the tweet from Yahoo. It says, A source close to the Browns, Odell Beckham Jr., said the wideout will not practice today and the decision was, quote, team-related. Team-related. Josina Anderson reports Beckham was ready to practice and the team told him he was excused from attending. Wow. So that's obviously a mess. So we've got ourselves a lot going on here in the NFL. I, I hope that we were able to make some semblance of sense. I'd love to do another couple of hours <laughs> uh, because we got really interesting stuff going on. But stay with ESPN Radio throughout the day for all the coverage of this and SportsCenter and everything else. We've got huge stories across the NFL. I will see you tomorrow. ESPN Radio. 
Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.